Welcome to the next edition of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I'm your host today. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about sex. I don't know if you remember uh, the song that was out, I don't know if it's the 80s or 90s. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good times. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, we're going to talk about sex. Now, why are we going to be talking about sex? It doesn't necessarily connect with some of the podcasts that we've had previous sides of this podcast. It's simply this, friends. Uh, I was invited last night to go and give a short 15-minute talk uh, to uh, one of our congregations that asked me to come and uh, talk about sex with them. And and I did, and I I sometimes feel like we talk about sex a lot. In fact, we don't talk about sex a lot. We talk about sexuality a lot but we don't talk about sex. And I I gave this short talk and they had a discussion afterwards and the numbers of the congregation were saying, thank you, I'd I'd never had a sex talk. I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't part of a youth group that talked about sex. This is the first time I heard about it. So uh, I'm going to share with you my thoughts. Um, And they're not all the thoughts. They're not not everything on the topic. It's just what I shared yesterday. Uh, I thought it might be worth kind of sharing with you uh, on the Making Disciples podcast. So friends, here today we're going to talk about sex. So here we go. Let's talk about sex, baby. Now, as we as we hit this topic, there's a few things I'd love to just make sure we say up front. The first thing is this. Uh, soon as we start talking about sex, some of us will already feel guilty, will feel full of shame, and we might even be angry at some of the things that I say. So I, I want to just say... All of what I'm going to say comes from this position of, I believe that God simply is looking for you and I to be healthy human beings. The religious word is holy. God wants you to be holy. I would say holiness is healthiness. When when God says to us, do this, don't do that, it's simply about God wanting you and I to live healthy lives in relationship with him. Uh, and guilt and shame isn't helpful. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a little while. Um, I want to recognise that we're all on a journey. Some of us are early in that journey, some of us are later in that journey, and faith and our development and our health with God is a journey that we're all going on. And sometimes there's an end point that we want to get to, but we're just not there yet. Uh, So we end up feeling guilty or we feel full of shame. And I want to say, look, I want to recognise that we're on a journey. We're all on a journey. And as long as we're saying, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to shape in me, form in me? How do you want to make me healthier? Then that's the important question. We want to be emotionally and physically healthy human beings in relationship with God. So God is simply looking for you and I to be healthy. In society, uh, the, the understanding now of sex has radically changed over the last numbers of years, last 50, 60, 100 years, sex has changed. And it's become something, you hear people talk about sex and it sounds like they're talking about domination. It sounds like they're trying to conquer another human being. It's about self-gratification. It's about making me feel fulfilled or making me feel good about myself. The way society talks about sex, you know, it's quite concerning in many ways. It's been removed from uh, love and commitment and the way that we as a society approach sex it's 
tends to be like in a consumer kind of way. You've got something I want. I want to consume you uh, like I do all the other products that I buy. Uh, I had somebody say to me recently, but I had sex with her because I love her, uh, which reminded me of Beyonce. If you like it, put a ring on it. Uh, what is love? Let's just focus on that for a moment. Uh, love is meant to be a sacrificial commitment to a to a person. Love is sacrificial. It, it's giving to the person. Um, it's not fantasy, and love is not desire. Uh, many of us have yet to find love. We found friskiness, and we found lust, but we've not yet found love. Love is this. Uh, not just an emotion or a feeling, it's a deep connection and a sacrificial commitment to this other human being. So when somebody says, but I had sex with her because I love her, actually, to show you love somebody may be not having sex with them until the appropriate time. Now, what is the Bible's perspective on sex? There's so much we could say on this. There's loads of passages you could use. But I just want to start by uh, reminding you of this. Um, 4,000 years ago, sex was marriage. Uh, The young uh, couple would come together in the synagogue. They would sign what was called a ketubah. And this was a wedding document about how this marriage would work. But that was a document on how the marriage would work. What they would then do is go out back into a tent uh, where they would have sex. And it was the having sex that made them a married couple. The two becoming one, sex was marriage. And what's really weird is the the family would stand around the tent, they'd cheer them on, they'd tell them what to do. No, don't do that, do this. Of course, that's not working. They give them tips on the way, which many of us would now go, that's just a little bit weird. That's just a little bit weird. But that's what they did because sex was marriage. It was a part of married life. And the signing of the register was not the marriage that was the contract and how the marriage would work. The sex was marriage. And what we've done is we've flipped it upside down. And as a society now, the signing of the register is the marriage. And the sex bit is just the other piece. It's almost become a part of dating. And we've removed sex from this commitment of love. So the biblical understanding of sex. You know when people say, um, should sex only be in marriage? The question's wrong. From a Bible point of view, sex is marriage. So to remove it from a a commitment uh, is actually removing marriage. It kind of, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, The Bible is not prudish when it comes to sex. Uh, Adam and Eve, they're told to go forth and be fruitful. Um, That's not about going and planting more apple trees. Go forth and be fruitful. Go and have sex. And in Genesis 4.1, it says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she uh, conceived and bore Cain. That word, to know, uh, Adam knew his wife. It's a bit of a sexual innuendo. The Bible's not scared of of this stuff. This is what Adam and Eve were going to go off and do. So the Bible, it's not prudish. I mean, in a little while, I'm going to read you just a beautiful passage uh, from 1 Corinthians on sex. But before I get to that point, um, I want you to imagine there's a scale Uh, there's this scale and at one end of the scale there's animal instinct and on the other end of the scale you've got angels and heaven bound and uh, the way 
society thinks about sex is it focuses on the end of the scale that talks about animal instinct. So people say, humanity, we're just the sum of our urges. You know, if you're hungry, you need to eat. And if you're thirsty, uh, you need to drink. And if you are filled full of lust, you've just got to have sex. And, it, and it's this idea that society has grown that, that we as human beings, we're nothing but animals. We're nothing but mammals and we have animal instincts and you've just got to live by those instincts. So people end up saying things like, you know, we attacked each other. She's a tiger in the bedroom. It was just basic instinct. It was just raw. We eat each other. Uh, you know, people, these phrases um, that we use, it's all about physical uh, desire and instinct. Uh, when people talk about um, an animal instinct, it's about the physicality driving, uh, driving you. There's no control. Uh, you are desire driven. So the way that society looks at humanity is that actually we, we're nothing but animals and we need sex. So therefore, uh, we've got these animal instincts that if we don't fulfill them, there's something wrong with us. I was at a zoo a little while ago uh, with my children. They were much younger at the time. And we're in the car. And as we drive around the zoo, we'd done the monkeys and we'd done the giraffes and the rhinos. That was great. And then we got to the lion's cage, lion's area. And there was this female lion on this rock. And she's laid there in the sun, enjoying the sun. And suddenly this, this male lion comes and pounces on her and starts having his way with her. And my daughter's in the back. She's about six at the time. And she ends up going, Mummy, Daddy, what is he doing to her? It did. It looked like he was abusing her. And she's laid there and she was like, oh, whatever. I'm not even interested. And he kind of did his business and left. And it just, for me, was this perfect example of just animal instinct. There was no love there. There was no woo there. It was just animal instinct. He wanted to have sex with her, so he did. So let's just talk about lust for a moment. Lust is slavery. Uh, we are enslaved to our desires uh, when we live out uh, our lusts. Um, if I had him or her, I would be happy, people say. Lust takes hold of our minds and our hearts and our hands and we become swallowed up by lust and it spits us out and we're still as lonely and unfulfilled as we ever were. Lust is this desire, uh, deep uh, erotic desire that if you play out of you will always find that it spits you out and you feel unfulfilled and you need to seek more of it and you need more of it and it's like a drug and it's like lust is like a slavery that we live in when we're living by our lusts we are driven to consume and take whatever we think we want or we need. Uh, so lust and animal instinct is at one end of the scale. And that's where we as a society seem to be driven to uh, at the moment. Now, at the other end of the scale, you've got angels. Now, angels don't have any sexual organs. And at this end of the scale, people become prudish. You know, we don't talk about sex. Oh, no, no, we don't talk about those such things. You know, that's not... If you've ever uh, heard anybody talking about sex, like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's just so dirty. We don't talk about that. Uh, that's somebody who swung right to the other end of the scale. And we become prudish towards sex. We don't, we don't need sex. I'm on a higher plane. Uh, I'm, I'm, on, you know, I'm, I'm heading in a spiritual realm now. It's all about the spirit. I don't need those such things. And friends, living like an angel can be as destructive as living like an animal. In the, in the same way that you weren't designed 
to be an animal, you weren't also designed to be an angel. Uh, angels don't have sex organs. You do. Uh, you are designed to neither be an animal nor an angel, but this human being that sits right in the middle. We can end up thinking about sex in terms of physical animal or spiritual, being like an angel, but we were created for neither. We were created to be human beings in between where we are able to control our animal instincts and enjoy the physical in an appropriate way. Uh, so we weren't designed to be animals or angels. We were designed to be human beings who are able to take control of our urges and control of our desires, our wants and our needs, and, and, and be people who are able to walk healthy lives. It's not healthy to be an animal desiring and conquering. It's not healthy to be an angel where you neglect your sexuality. And friends, I'm not, I'm not talking about abstinence there. You know, if someone is called to abstinence, that is somebody who's choosing, choosing as a human being um, to be healthy with their sex lives in, in an abstaining way. Somebody who's uh, abstaining from sex isn't an angel. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but we are designed to be these human beings in between. Now, 1 Corinthians 7 is a beautiful passage on uh, sex and relationships. And I want to read it to you. But what I've done is, uh, rather than doing a sermon on the passage, I've translated the passage uh, in such a way it just kind of makes sense to us on the topic. Now, you can go and read your version of the Bible and you'll kind of see where I'm getting at in my translation. This is Chris Rogers' translation of 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 6. My translation says this, it's a good thing if a man or a woman is able to not be driven by sex. In other words, it's a good thing if a man or a woman isn't like an animal and they are driven by their lusts. But because of temptation to have sex with anything and anyone, he should marry his own wife and each woman her own husband's like. Paul is recognising that as human beings, we are wrapped, we can be wrapped up in these animal instincts and we can end up having sex with anything. Now, if you think talking about having sex with anything is weird, look at Leviticus. It very clearly tells you what you should and should not have sex with. Now, many of us, we would read that bit of a Leviticus and go, why is he telling me not to have sex with my mum? Why is he telling me not to, not to have sex with an animal? Like, friends, the Bible tells us uh, what to not do because it's obvious that some people were doing it and they were so caught up in their lusts they were so desperate for sex that they, it was obvious they were going off and having sex with animals so Leviticus says whoa 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 we need to talk about this don't do it um, so but because of temptation to have sex with anything and anybody uh, he should marry his own wife and each woman her own husband uh, become, have a committed relationship uh, to another person so that there's a place for your sex life. The husband should fulfil his wife's sexual desires and likewise the wife with her husband. Let me say it again. The husband should fulfil his wife's sexual desires. Game on. You know, Paul is saying, game on, look, do it. Like, she has sexual desires, you have sexual desires, game on. Like, do it. Like, fulfil those desires. In this kind of relationship, neither neither own their body, but share it in mutual sexual love. Neither own their body, but together two become one. 
and they share in this mutual sexual love. Well, I love that. You know, the word mutual is really important, isn't it? Two people coming together mutually to, to love each other. It's not about desire and conquering. It's not about self-gratification. It's about two people loving each other. In this kind of relationship, Paul says, neither own their body but share it in mutual sexual love. Then, do not withhold sex from each other except for perhaps an agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Look, you're having sex, Paul says, but there may be a time where you say, look, we're not going to have sex right now. But Paul says, uh, that may be because you're going to have a time to go and pray. <laughs> I love that. If you're going to have a time apart, make sure it's for prayer. Um, but then he says, come back together. So after that time, make sure you come back together so that Satan may not attempt you because of your lack of self-control. I in this marriage, in this committed relationship, uh, where you are loving each other and serving each other, uh, there may be a time where you separate to go and pray and worship, but make sure you come back together. Uh, don't make that too long, Paul says, because Satan will tempt you. And you, you guys, you humans, you, you're not great with this temptation stuff. I love this passage. Paul clearly places sex within a committed relationship. He recognises that as human beings, we have desire for sex. And if we don't put sex in the appropriate place, then we'll have sex in the inappropriate places with the inappropriate people and things. So he's, he's quite clearly placing sex within this committed relationship where a man and a woman are to uh, make this commitment to each other. I, I love that. Sex should be within marriage, in other words. It should be within marriage. Why is it within marriage? Because the Jewish understanding is that sex was marriage. You couldn't separate marriage and sex out. These, these things are together. Why? Because it's about sex and love going together with commitment showing love. So uh, let me just answer this question for you for a moment. Should sex be a part of dating? Some people will say, actually, uh, sex is good in dating because you work out if you two fit together. What a messed up idea. Uh, there's so much you could say on that. Uh, but placing sex within dating, uh, if sex is marriage and two people coming together, then the moment you are having sex, it's no longer dating, it's a marriage. Uh, you know, from God's perspective, if you're, you're doing that, that, that is dating no more. You've moved it from dating into. And it's almost like uh, if you're going to buy a car, you want to go and test drive it to see if you like it or not. And it makes relationships uh, first and foremost driven by does this person fulfill my sexual desires or not? And in this dating process, if they're not fulfilling my sexual desires, then the dating time is over. Friends, other human beings, they're not cars. We don't get to test drive them. What we get to do is love them. We get to spend time with them, get to know them as a person. Why is this important? It's important, friends, because when you hit 60 and everything goes saggy and everything dries up and sex is no longer the centerpiece of that marriage, you need to know, do I love this person enough to spend the rest of my life with them? Uh, and dating is finding out who this person is. How do they behave? How do they think? Do we fit? In the way that we think, do we think the same kind of thing about money and family life? Do we want to have you know the same trajectory of our lives? Are we heading in the right direction? Dating is about finding out who this other person is, so that when you do marry them and you have sex, you know that this relationship is bound together. 
Uh, I love this. Proverbs 5, 15 to 19. Drink water from your own system, uh, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad and abound, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. What's this got to do with sex? It's all innuendo, friends, and it is about sex. Um, Drink water. So drink from your own well. Don't go drinking from other people's wells. In other words, commit to one person and be married to that one person. Um, Should your springs be scattered around, springs of water in the street, in other words, if you're going around and you're you're sprinkling your water everywhere... um, you should let them be for yourself alone. This is about a couple together. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, the lovely deer, the graceful deer. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. I love it. This is just about don't go around um, spreading your seed, testing the waters, see what other people are like, but actually drink from your own wealth. Dig your own well, build your own relationship, your own committed relationship. And in that place, you can enjoy what that other person has to offer. In other words, don't go sleeping around. The other thing I just want to touch on before we finish is this. What happens if you have slept around? What happens if you've had many partners? What does this mean? Because the danger is we can end up feeling guilty and shameful of where we've ended up. And, and this is where life is a journey. And this is where the goodness of God comes in. We have all done things in our pasts that we're shameful of. Or we wish we'd not done that way. And this is where the goodness of Jesus comes in. Jesus is in the business of taking us where we are. And as we say, God, my past is not what I want it to be. And we confess that to him. He wipes that past clean, doesn't he? And we don't don't drive the future of where we're heading uh, on the history of the past because Jesus has dealt with that. In other words, at any point, You can make a decision to live the rest of your life differently. At any point, you can say, well, do you know that's where I've been? But I regret that. So from this point on, this is how I'm going to live my life. I want to live my life in a healthy way. Uh, And I think that's really important for us as we kind of look forward. As you know, we just, you know, what kind of human being do you want to be? Uh, Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be holy? Do you want to live in a relationship with God? Um, then then I want you to just think about what kind of person are you? Are you an animal? Are you driven by animal instincts? Or are you an angel where you have become so kind of heaven bound, you've neglected to who you are as a human being? Or are you becoming a balanced, healthy human being in control of your desires and the things that you are longing for? Um, so if you have a past, like so many of us have a past, then in Jesus, our pasts no longer need to be our pasts. Uh, and he deals with those things. Can God give you back your virginity? Of course he can. Maybe not in a physical way, but definitely in a holiness and in a healthy kind of way. God can give us back our dignity. He gives us back um all of the hurt maybe that we've, we've caused ourselves and caused others as we've consumed from other people. And God is in the business of giving us a future. 
uh, and a new life. So friends, I just want to encourage you. Uh, you might want to talk this through with a friend. You might want to uh, leave comments uh, at the end of this podcast. You might not like what I've said. Please tell me if you don't like what I've said. Uh, the discussion is super important, isn't it? Uh, and, and these are my views and there's so much more that could be said that I have not said. You might say, Chris, but you've not done this, you've not said that, you've not mentioned that. Of course I've not, because I'm not trying to say everything. And I'm trying to say things as simply as possible in a way that we might understand. So friends, I hope you find that helpful. This has been Let's Talk About Sex Baby. And uh, until next time, friends, uh, please like this video if you found it helpful. Please share it with others. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. It, then you know uh, when the next episode is coming out. But friends, until next time, grace and peace. Uh-huh.